Matt, what is your best experience so far in education? Easy, mate. Must be last year when I was out in South Africa teaching as an international volunteer. Learned so much about myself, both personally and professionally. And to be honest with you, I can't wait to go out and do it again, but this time somewhere new. Well, that's ideal. I might have something right up your street, mate. I know a charity called Learn, Achieve, Become, and they've got some class projects over in Madagascar, Kenya and Central America, and they look to provide free education to children who need it most. Sounds absolutely perfect, mate. Where can I sign up? Well, firstly, go and check out their website at www.learnachievebecome.org and you can get all the information on there about their projects that they've got ongoing right now and also how to become a volunteer as well. Perfect. And where can I find them on Instagram? At learn underscore achieve underscore become. And make sure you're following at the Teachers of Tomorrow so we can guide you in the right direction if you want to become a volunteer. Hey guys, and welcome back to the latest Teachers of Tomorrow podcast episode with your co-host, Matt, soon to be Mr. Aldring. And your co-host, Sam, soon to be Mr. Gregory. And we are here to share our journey, experiences and views on all things education. Good evening, guys, and welcome back to another Teach of Tomorrow podcast episode for myself and Sam. And tonight, we're delighted to say we're joined by Martin Malone, who a lot of you will know on the gram as PT Malone. Uh, Martin, first of all, thanks for coming on the show, mate. Um, how's your day been? I don't know. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I'm uh, looking forward to it. And yeah, my, my day's not been too bad. Um, I, I, it's quite strange because I think sometimes I think, Do you know what, I've moved from the teaching world into like online coaching and stuff like that. But probably my day is pretty similar to like every teacher out there at the moment, just on a laptop, <laughs> just getting stuff done. So yeah, it's yeah. probably I can feel all the strain of everyone, their eyes kind of hurting from the light and everything like that. But you are stood up at the moment. You've got the old stand-up desk on the go. You've got the yeah. you've got the mic oh, set up, so the, I, I so the professionalism is there. It's it's you're there for all to see. You're actually giving me vertigo. To be fair, you can't stand still. Like, I actually feel sick just <laughs> looking at you. To be honest you know with you, it's mad. That is. That is a habit which come through in the past <laughs> four, four or five years because I always used to like a big one for me is getting your activity up, getting your activity up during the day. And I never tracked my steps. And I was always like, do you know what? I walk so much. I walk so much in the classroom that I'll easily, I must easily do like 15, 20,000 steps. And I put a watch on for the first time, got given one, put it on, did a thousand steps. <laughs> and I was like, Christ. oh my God. And that changed it. I was like, well, I've got to try and get it up. And so I started standing more. And then I was thinking about it. So I was moving about more. And then over that habit creeping in for like four or five years, it's just naturally what I do. My girlfriend makes fun of me all the time because if we're having a conversation, she'll like be sitting down on the couch and I'll be pacing up and down the living room. And she'll be like, just stand. I'm like, no, no, no. I need, I need to walk about. And get me steps in. Get me steps in. Yeah, <laughs> terrible for it. It's a good. It's a good habit to have. To be fair, I think the most steps I've ever done is when I've been to a music festival, went to Glastonbury, and smashed about forty thousand in a day. That was unbelievable. <laughs> well, <laughs> I thought. I thought. Was, yeah, I was. I was struggling. Well, <laughs> I was struggling after. To be fair. Um, yeah, no, great to have you on, Martin. Wanted to sort of connect with you and get you on here because, like you say, you were a teacher. You've now gone on to your online fitness and online coaching. And we've had a couple of people on before talking about sort of work-life balance and um, sort of looking after yourself and looking after your body, both physically and mentally. And it was, you know, it's really great to get you on to kind of talk about that in a lot more detail than me and Sam can do, obviously. And, um, you know, hopefully, for I think for the well-being of our student teachers that are listening and existing teachers that are hopefully tuning in as well, they'll they'll get a great deal out of this episode. So, um, just before we sort of kick off with the questions for for anyone that that wants to jump in and follow follow Martin or follow ourselves, uh, follow Martin on Instagram at PT Malone. Um, active on there all the time you'll see him tw- see him posting and all sorts i've tried to tweet him a few times we don't use that account so uh, that's redundant oh yeah um, <laughs> I'm, I'm it. If, you, if you follow me on twitter you will get everton, everton repeat tweets and that's it <laughs> the tweet fact you said it. repeat instead of retweet says oh that's that's the limit of using it so yeah, that's we'll the stick limit. to instagram <laughs> um and obviously for us guys you now active teapod on twitter at, at the teacher of tomorrow on instagram um but yeah, I know Sam's going to jump in the questions, but he's probably just going to ask you a bit about 
to introduce yourself a bit more, probably. Yeah, obviously, like Matt said, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, Martin. Would you like to give us a bit more of a background about your teaching background and, and obviously how, how you've become a, a personal trainer? Because I didn't know this until we actually previously spoke to you that you were actually a teacher. I know. Yeah. I think that's something I need to put out there more. Because, <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. I did like eight years in the classroom. I did like eight years in primary school, mainly years four and five. They were like my main go-to years. Um, I think once you start getting into one for a while, you just end up in that habit. You take it, started in year four for a couple of years, took a class up to year five, and then like stayed in year five for a little bit. But I was always kind of into my fitness into kind of everything working that way. And it, I, it probably come about by accident to begin with, because the first thing I did was like, right, I want to learn how to get better at this. I want to learn how to do it for myself. So I did the personal training qualification so that I could get that and I could be like, okay, now I know kind of where I'm working towards, what I'm working towards there, and everything would be together for myself. Then a couple of mates started asking questions started training them. They got really good results. So then some of their mates were saying like, can I pay you to do this? And I was like, ah, I won't say no. <laughs> like, <laughs> bit of extra money on the side, cash in hand, yeah. that'll do. <laughs> like, oh. And then it just kind of spiraled and spiraled to a point where I thought, like I love teaching, but my biggest problem with teaching is, let's be honest, it's like a, a 10 to 12 hour working day and you teach for four and it always kind of used to be that thing, as much as I love it, I didn't like the eight hours where I wasn't in the classroom, where I was doing other things. Yeah. And then I thought, you know what? If this is a career where I can make a difference still in people's lives, I can still help out, but maybe in a little bit of a different way. And it gives me a bit more of that work-life balance. Then it's something I wanted to try. I feel like you definitely need to put out there that you've had eight years experience of being a teacher because even I was like who is this guy like he knows nothing about <laughs> education and then he <laughs> comes out is like oh no I've actually been a teacher for eight years and I was like you know what? yeah fair enough you probably, know what I mean like, probably yeah. USP I think yeah that's a, that's a USP I think because I know you've obviously you you on, on your Instagram you are called the teacher's coach and yeah you know that's what obviously what you, you you're specializing in but I think yeah until you actually have a conversation with you and and you know you say oh yeah I was teaching for eight years and then I you know I ended up doing this i think until you have that conversation you, it's something that you don't really realize so yeah you know a little bit of a business advice well, from me and yeah. sam if you want to take it but uh you know we yeah, we definitely. think it would be great great for people to um i think people will be more i don't know maybe people will be more approach i feel more yeah. likely to approach you because they'll be like oh he's been a teacher so he kind of knows if they're a yeah. bit nervous maybe he kind of knows how they feel that's how i felt when i approached you the other day and, yeah, and yeah. spoke to you about it and i think because i knew you'd been a teacher um and obviously i was going for our training year it was i was like well i kind of need someone to understand what the kind of workload's like and what i'm yeah. juggling around so it was naturally it was easier to come to you rather than go to a normal um a normal pt because you kind of have that background understanding so yeah a little bit of a little bit, a little of... bit of business advice <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, it's Go come on. about a lot lately where i've had a few people with it being like oh i didn't realize you were teaching and i was a little bit like well i thought i put it out there but obviously i need to like really put it out there that yeah you know i've done eight years i know all the stresses and all the strains and even like the little hacks that i used to do to kind of de-stress my work-life balance just a tiny bit while I was in the bathroom. I think I think we've been caught out, Matty. I think Martin's come on here thinking, oh, this is his opportunity to, to spread out who he is. And, and here we are <laughs> trying to get a business contract off Martin. So we're going to have to realise this, you know what I mean? We the world don't stop, Matty, 24-7, you know what I mean? <laughs> always working, always plugging, that's what we do. <laughs> so you, you've touched on... Um, obviously your, your background of teaching and I actually want to focus on that just a, just a little bit yeah. longer because it is it is really interesting and we uh, had this conversation before uh, obviously recording with you so when within your eight years you actually were assigned to a primary school but also you did um supply and cover and the conversation we had last week with you was fascinating but just for our listeners what was your preferred teaching route was it being in a one school or was it working as a supply teacher and, and why? Do you know what? So like, don't get me wrong. 
there's nothing that beats having your own class. There is something different about it. Like teaching is good. Teaching is nice, going in the class, going to teach. But kind of when you's like when you are all passed out and you get your own class, it's so different. Like that bond you have with the children is completely different. So like having your own class is a lot better. But my biggest advice to anyone would always be to if you're in an area where there's lots of supply work, to start with supply teaching. Because one, it gets your behavior management like like skyrockets it. It absolutely skyrockets it because you have to kind of go in, you have to be a little bit more firm, but you also have to realize kind of the manner to speak and everything like that. Because you see so many supply teachers go in like heavy handed, like I'm going to show them who's boss. And it's just like all the kids' backs get up and it's just a big clash where you'll have to learn kind of the approach, the speak, the manners to use with the children, which probably comes in a little bit with like student training, kind of that kind of similar approach, but you're going into like a different class every time. So it gets your confidence up, it gets your behavior skills up. But the big thing for me is you get to see how all different schools work. And because you get to see how all the different schools work, you get to realize what school you want to work in. And when jobs come up, you will know whether you should go for that job or not. Because before I did supply teaching to begin with, I come like fresh out and I joined a school and it was just a nightmare. It was an absolute killer. Like I should have known because the entire teaching staff was brand new. Like (laughs) everyone the year before had left and a brand new staff come in. So I should have... This should have been an alarm bell, but I was 21, desperate to get into a school and someone had just offered me a job and I I jumped at the chance and was just like, yeah, got in and it was ridiculous. Had to do a history midterm, like midterm plans, six, like a half-term plan, 52 pages long. Just absolutely absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. It it literally had to have on it like when you were going to breathe. Like it was that intense. And I got three weeks in and was just like, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. I don't think anyone could do that, to be honest with you. Yeah. But yeah. But when you're kind of like, I was like, when I was a student teacher, was I shielded from this? Like, is this, is this what's expected of us? I didn't really know much else. There was no, it was such an odd environment because there was no one there. Everyone was kind of new. No one knew what was kind of going on. And it was a bit like, oh, so I probably did the best thing that I could have ever done. And after three weeks, I handed in my notice and was like, I can't work here. I cannot work under these conditions. I don't know how anyone could. I would I'd have been out the door as well. Yeah. <laughs> but then it, it kind of gives you a question where you're like, oh, what should I do? And then I kind of went, do you know what? I don't know whether teaching's for me. I don't know whether kind of I've just wasted like four years of my life getting this degree. And my family were like, well, no, go do supply. Go see what supply teaching's like. If you like supply teaching, maybe stick with that. Get your confidence back up that way. I went and did it. And it helped me understand that one, that was an anomaly. And it was a ridiculous situation for a school to be in. And the other thing it did, it let me see that schools are all so different and I could pick the one which worked well for me. I could see the environments. Like you'll go into a school and you'll realize whether it's a nice environment or a bit of an iffy one, like in the first five minutes and you just know. And it just helps you understand what the best kind of situation for you to be in. Some people love being in a one-form entry school. Some people love being in like a four-form entry school. Like... It's all those different things. And unless you have that variety, you're not going to know which one's the best for you. And I think just before Matt asks the ne- next question, there's some really interesting points that you've you've raised there. And I'm on my current placement at the moment. And my mentor says at the moment that one of the most important things is actually behavior management. If you get your behavior management spot on, everything else seemingly falls into place. And another thing that you, you were talking about there was about... Um, the, the warning signs before you went to that school and we've had quite a number of people come on 
to our podcast say the exact same thing about you need to choose the right school and you need to know the signs of, of when not to go for a job. Even if you're, if you don't have any jobs, if you're not in a job and you have one offer and it doesn't feel right, do not go for that job because you will be at, you will be out of a job and you, and you, you won't enjoy it. But the other thing as well, which has come up in our other podcasts as well, is like the step that you took after three weeks as a NQT, essentially you're like, nah, and you took that decision to, to, to go on to supply, which is quite quite a brave decision in, in itself, to be honest with you. Oh, God, yeah. And do you know what? Thinking back, like there was loads of warning signs along the way and kind of one of the ones which I think shows you the type of person that head was. Like, I'm not going to bring it into it. I'm not going to bring the school into it. So I'm fine to tell my stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, we like the stories. Keep them coming. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, guys, we were one week in and there was a big kind of traveller community nearby. And they pulled up in a truck to pick up the kids and they parked in the school, school like bit, you know, it says like, do not park here. And Ed went out and he went to the travelers through the gate and he said, you need to move or I'm calling the police. And they said, we're not moving. Like, they were like, no, we're not moving our car. We're not moving it. We're not moving it. And he went, fine then, just to let you know, I'm going to call the police now. And then, <laughs> and then he went inside, right? And there was only me and him outside. I had the kids. I had no idea what was going on. He went inside and he locked the door. <laughs> so, so, you out there. Cheers. So they're all like kicking off. I'm standing the other side with the kids. Let all the kids go. Kind of. Then the police come and they like shot off. And, and when I went back in, one of the other teachers was like, you were brave staying out there. I was like, why? The head threatened to phone the police and they said they were going to kick like all your heads in. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I was just left out there. He just he just ran in and locked the door. He just left me out there. <laughs> Not even oh, yeah. a head up of like, oh, do you want to bring the kids in or anything like that? He just was like, best save myself. <laughs> well, just survival of the fittest, that's what it is. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of, and I think having that mentality of, of realising that doing supply isn't the worst thing in the world. It gets up like your behavior skills. It lets you see different environments and it gives you a bit of a bit more power and confidence. I would say when you go to an interview, 90% of the time you'll go to an interview where someone has been there on supply and they are so much more relaxed in the interview. They're so much more relaxed when they're doing the lesson observation because they know the kids a little bit. They know the staff a little bit and kind of, if it comes down to a 50, 50, they're going to go with the person that they know. So I always think it's probably best if you've got the choice to do supply for a little bit, see the schools around, see what's a good fit, know where you're going to fit in well. Because I think the big thing, especially with primary, is there is a lot of competition and everyone's really worried about getting that first job. But once, once you go in and you prove yourself, like schools are desperate to get teachers in, to get good teachers and it's, it's easy to get those jobs once you're known, once yeah. they know that you can do it. And it's it's good that you've kind of just told us about that perspective because I think, yeah, most people wouldn't really look at supply teaching. But I think with the current climate and everything going on, and I think that the stability that teaching brings at the moment, I think you'll probably end up finding that a lot of teachers maybe will stay in the profession. That's my personal opinion anyway. I think that more teachers this year will be staying put purely for the, the security side of things, um, the financial stability, et cetera. And I think that us as, as trainees and a lot of, uh, you know, newly qualified teachers, I think we'll have, we'll have more competition for jobs. We'll have to look down a supply route. And I think that it's, it's good to speak to someone that's, that's done it and, um, and, you know, obviously seen the benefits of, of that way. God, yeah. And I always say my tip for supply teaching, you know, if you're getting it right, because you're going back into the same schools. Like, yeah. like I got to, when I first come out, like I did my first year apart from like those three weeks on supply. And after the first time, and they were like, oh, can we book you for next week? Can we book you for next week? So you'll know, and if you're not, then you know, well, maybe I need to change my approach a little bit. And it just helps you fine tune it as well. Yeah. And it leads quite nicely, really, because you've talked about um, a little bit about your transition from 
teaching side of things kind of why you went from teaching where you've sort of done full circle really you started off as a keen teacher um you know really excited had a bit of a bad experience first off went into supply teaching found the love for it again and then eventually got to a point where you were like oh i, I want more for my work-life balance and that's obviously led you into your um, online coaching you know career which you're doing now in terms of it's pretty self-explanatory i imagine but obviously you're targeting teachers now why kind of well obviously why would you choose teaching particularly and is there any kind of events or clients that have made you sort of really focus on on just teachers specifically as an online coach I think the big one for teaching for me is I don't think anyone really understands it like unless you've been in it you don't really understand kind of what teaching is like and Quite a lot of jobs, I'm not saying like all jobs are similar, but quite a lot of jobs are similar in the sense of if you're in an office, it's nine to five. It's pretty much that structure. But when you teach, you're never off. You never have a break. You never kind of have downtime and relax. You probably get those two weeks at the beginning of the summer where you think, you know what, I've, I've got a fair bit of time before I have to start planning stuff. I'm all right. But generally all the time, even when you're off on the half term, when you're off at Easter, you still kind of got that little bit of like, oh, there's still work to do. I still need to get this done. I've got to do all this. It's all in your own time. You know, I was speaking to the teachers I work with at the moment. I do like a little Zoom like chat with them on a Monday night. And I was the big one we were talking about was like the amount of hours you work. Like most people at the moment, like most teachers start about 8 a.m. Some getting earlier, but most start about 8 a.m. And because of all this kind of Zoom stuff and doing the classes and everything like that, most of the teachers I know are still working at 8 p.m. And I'm saying, you know, what other profession is the way you are doing 12-hour days and then doing work at the weekends and making sure everything is planned and making sure everything's done? just because like someone's changed something around and we're getting to like a month in and it's still the case. It's the thing as well. Like a big one for me is like drinking water. There is so many teachers out there who don't drink enough water just simply because they don't have the ability to go to the bathroom during the day. Weirdly enough, I actually drink more water when I'm at school compared to home. I don't know why. I think it's because you drink my mouth. Oh yeah, true. I do like like the old tipple at home, but um, but when I'm at school, I think because I'm talking so much in front of the children, especially when I teach, I'm constantly like going back to have a have a swig of my drink. I don't know whether it's to like it subconsciously like calms me down, and because I've, I've got something in my hand, maybe I don't know. But yeah, it's yeah. a little habit that you've got into that way. But you've probably yeah. got the ability because the teacher, imagine, is the teacher or a TA in the class with you as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've just I've just really noticed it. I noticed it the other day because. My, the student that I'm with, there's two of us doing in the same yeah. class. Um, obviously, with everything going on, we're sharing. And yeah, she was saying, oh, I haven't had any, any water today. And I was like, Christ, I've had about a litre already. And it's only lunchtime. <laughs> I was, couldn't stop drinking all, all morning. So yeah, maybe, I, maybe I'm the opposite. <laughs> with the being Maury, you've still got the ability to go to the toilet. Where yeah. when, if you were in a class by yourself, this is a first normally podcasts are safe <laughs> for beer only so this is this is a first <laughs> but normally you'd have like say if you had the class by yourself like you might go all morning if you're on break time duty as well you could go till 12 knowing that you can't actually physically go to the toilet <laughs> so then you purposely don't drink in the morning so that you don't need the toilet because if you need to go for a wait at half nine and you know you've got to wait till 12 your lessons are going to be awful you're not going to yeah. think of anything. You're just going to be like, um, yeah, just do that, kids. Just just all you're going to be focused on is that. So the, some teachers purposely dehydrate themselves so that they don't have to go to the toilet. Must be absolutely hammering the water after school four <laughs> o'clock times like that. <laughs> it, it's interesting that um, you've spoken about your clients and obviously on a Monday you have a little meet with your uh, with teachers and stuff and just to catch up really in. What is your drive and motivation for helping teachers? Does it s- stem from your background? And what, what is your goal, your personal training now? My, my big one is kind of, 
I think everything I look to do is always kind of helping to like energize people, helping to get lives a little bit better. And what I quite like about doing it with teachers is obviously one, I've got the experience that I know I can help, but as well, kind of when I was in the classroom, I was helping to kind of mold like 30 lives each year. Where now that I'm working with all these teachers, like, and putting that information out on Instagram, if I can get teachers feeling better, more confident, more energized, then that's going to lead into their classrooms. So I know I'm not just helping those teachers, but I'm helping kind of their their classes as well because they're getting a better education because their teacher is going to be more switched on, more engaged, more energized. Because it doesn't matter how brilliantly you plan a lesson if you're shattered when it comes in. If you're shattered when you do it, it's not going to be your best lesson. And it's having that idea to energize teachers more so that their lessons can be better, their work can be better, so that they are more productive in the classroom and giving those children a better education. I've found that even even recently on my latest placement, I've gone down from year four to uh, year two. And the energy you need, just a different type of energy because (laughs) because the... Obviously, it's smaller classes, so again, slightly different compared to when you've got 30 kids. You, you naturally, I think, well, for me personally, I kind of feed off the energy of, of people in the room. So the more people in there, the more lively I am. When there's less people, I think I naturally I struggle to to build that energy myself. But yeah, it's a completely different type of energy. And there's a couple of lessons that I've taught and I've thought, reflecting on them, one, the one that I would say I was probably less tired and more more sort of awake and ready for it and had more energy with probably wasn't the most the best planned lesson but the delivery of it was so much better and far more effective than than the other lesson i did purely on on the basis of of my attitude and how i was feeling that's it and that and that's the thing with it it is that energy is that kind of having that little buzz so obviously um the current situation uh has impacted on well everyone pretty much in education and well, within the UK, essentially. Life. And, and yeah, just world, worldwide, <laughs> essentially. Um, so obviously... In fact, I haven't been to the pub for about six months as a blind, yeah. so... I, would I, don't, know. I don't even know. What <laughs> I would know. Right. Oh, a year without the away games has killed me. Oh, Christ, oh. I know, yeah. I know, you're, you're actually decent got... for once as well. What a shame that is. Oh, that's, that's, that's our look completely. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the way we roll. And I can guarantee... James Rodriguez will be playing for Man City or someone else by the time we get back in. <laughs> <laughs> so just just on that on that note, then you are an a, a online coach. How has your situation with the pandemic changed? And I can imagine you are pretty stacked right now with uh, a lot of things being online now. And obviously, you are a, an online coach. Yeah. Well, to, to be fair, the pandemic kind of killed and made me at the same time. Yeah. Like I was, I was never really one for online coaching. I never really thought about it. It kind of, my one come about because I was doing so much one-to-one, it kind of spiraled and it was like, oh, this is all right. Um, And I was working in gym and funny enough, supply teaching, like I always had it in the back of my mind. Like, do you know what? I can take this little risk because worst comes to the worst. I just go back, be a supply teacher for a while, find a school, prove my worth get straight back in and just carry on where I left off. So I had no risk. And then the pandemic hit and all the gyms shut. And I was like, it's all right. Just go to supply (laughs) teaching. And I looked and went, oh, all the schools are shut as well. Um, (laughs) Great. Um, So I was like, I was just, honestly, to begin with, I was just on savings. And I was like, what, what do I do? Oh my God. Like, what am I going to do here? Luckily I had a bit saved like a rainy day fund. So I just kind of stayed on that for a while. But I was sitting there and I was just like, this is never, ever going to happen to me again. So yeah. I just made sure that kind of I built an online business and I put stuff out there and I kind of built back up in a way which was more secure. But as well, making sure that kind of I put into it. I think having teachers and kind of just a normal kind of work ethic they are the big kind of, there is a big difference. Like teachers do just strive to just go above and beyond. 
And I was like, do you know what? That's what I'm going to do with my coaching. I'm going to make sure that there's nothing out there that can rival it. I'm going to make sure that it is the best and it is getting the success and the results that people need while also making sure that they enjoy it, they're happy with it. And that's kind of what I built up because the minute I left teaching, as well as realizing kind of how hard teachers work, because it was the only thing I'd ever really done. So I'd never really realized beforehand how hard teachers work. I was just like, oh, that's the normal for everyone. When I left, I remember there was a point where I was doing 50 hours a week in the gym, doing 50 hours a week in the gym. And I was loving it. And one of the PT, other PTs come up and he was like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. And I was like, what are you on about? He was like, I do 20 and I'm knackered. And I was like, mate, 50's a holiday. Like, like <laughs> I've been working that hard. This is nothing. This is yeah. nice and easy, just breezing through. And it was kind of realizing that and just focusing that effort, effort which really made me kind of make sure that like I built something during the pandemic so I could come out of it stronger. And that, yeah. so it kind of had the worst effect on me because it took away kind of what I was doing and my safety net all in one go. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I thought, you know what? I've got two choices. I can like wallow in self-pity, binge on Netflix and just kind of just spiral out of control or I can do something about it. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to do something about it and I'm going to make sure that it works. And I am a big believer in if you try it enough times and you do it enough times and you keep going with it, you're never going to fail. You only fail when you stop. It was kind of the same thing I used to tell the kids when I was working with them. When I used to have my own class, I'd be like, no, you keep going. You keep going. You you go till you get it right. Perseverance. Perseverance yeah. is key, isn't it? Base oh, is, yeah. you know, it's it's great to hear that you kind of use the pandemic to sort of sink or swim, really, and that you know you're forced into that situation. You've come out the other side, and I saw your post on Instagram the other day. Where it was a picture of you, and I would say you were out of shape, but you were out of shape compared to oh, where was, you are now. Was, still, yeah, still in shape compared shape. to me, but in terms <laughs> of out, in terms of you know the normal human being, you were still in some sort of shape. The shoulders are still big. Um, I've but, always know, got big shoulders. I haven't trained them yeah. now properly in over a year and I've still got them. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I had that problem. <laughs> I wish I had that issue, Christ. Um, but, you know, you, that post kind of solidified what you're doing. It shows that you're kind of a product of your own environment and you've kind of, you've been through the process yourself. So naturally, when you're going into coaching, you kind of know the process that, that people will want and people will need to to get the results. So I thought that was just a really good post that you chucked on your account because it just showed that you've you've not been the shape you are now all the time. And I think it's important for, for teachers especially to see that. Oh, yeah. And do you know what? And I think that's the trouble with Instagram. I think the trouble with Instagram is everything is everyone's highlight reels. And because it's everyone's highlight reels, it sometimes gets to a point where you look and think, I'll never, I'll never achieve that because they must have been doing this and they must have been doing that. But it it's showing, if people start showing the whole picture with everything, we probably have a, a world which would have probably a little bit of a better like mental health because you're not looking just at the best things in people's lives, you're seeing the whole picture. You're able to see kind of where people are at, what they try and do. And that's kind of why I try and be an open book with it. I try and have nothing that I'll hide because I don't see the point. I think the more you show people, the better understanding they'll have, the better kind of realization they'll have that they can do these things as well. Yeah. I think we found that as well with the poddy, haven't we, Sam? Yeah. Well, we, we said from the start that we wanted to be open and honest and obviously get our faces out there straight away, really. So it made it more relatable and stuff. And people yeah. could actually see us for who we were, essentially. And, yeah, have that sort of like connection really to towards our actual personalities, and I think, well, I think it's worked. Um, whether or not they oh, like yeah. us or not, is a different matter. <laughs> but you know, we move. we just get good guests on. That's what it is. We just yeah. tactical. We get the good guests on, and then they can do the talking for us, and then we'll just be there in the background. But um, you know, we're a similar sort of situation. We started the party in lockdown, and like I say, it was um, 
probably not sink or swim as such. No, no, no. We, yeah. environment. <laughs> bit, bit nicer in that case. We went dipping into our savings to, you know, pay my mortgage and stuff. But um, we, we started it in lockdown. And for us, it's it, it's turned out to be something that's, that's been hugely beneficial and we've loved doing. And it's just grown organically, like you said, and like yours did. And it's it's good, I guess, to see some good come out of a, a, a you know, a bad situation almost. And before you can say that, when you think about it, it must have been tough for you as well, because kind of to have your like PGC year, to have your year where you're going to learn how to teach and you're in such a like, well, I imagine the first half of it, like just all the teaching was gone. Like, first half was good. Yeah. First half was all right because it was before Christmas. So we were actually still in school then. Yeah, this bit's yeah. been weird. Obviously, the announcement came on like this the first Monday after after New Year, we were supposed to go into placement the following week. So suddenly it was like, are we going to placement? Have we got a placement? You know, our school was going to want students in. So I think that kind of week period afterwards was a bit hit and miss. I think a lot of us, us guys, us PGC students and stuff, were a bit uncertain about what was going to happen. So I think that was probably the, the wor- most, yeah, the most worrying part. And obviously, naturally, most people's placements on a normal PGC would be different, obviously you're in different school, but it's more different now than ever because yeah. of re- remote learning in school, how many numbers of children you have, the way schools are operating. It's just all been pretty much torn to shreds and we've literally gone in and just had to adapt to whatever's been thrown at us really. And it's been, yeah. It's been... So did you, go into, did you go into a brand new school this year as well? Like just before? I've done two schools, yeah. Two I've new done schools, two schools I've done. That must have been hard because, like, what you have gone in on, like, you have gone in. I know we're going off topic, like, but you have gone in on the day when they're probably like panic stations, like they're trying to figure uh, everything out, and you're like, "Hi." Like, yeah, <laughs> the first time, I, honestly, the start of this placement that I'm on now couldn't have been worse for me. It was mental. <laughs> so literally, you know, we had the message with Gavin Williamson. Schools are closed. Then they were open for key workers. About a week later. The, the school I'm in now, I was going to a new school, so never met them, you know, hadn't had a chance to go in and speak to any of them. Obviously, SLT was stacked with, you know, work <laughs> and what's going on. So, like, naturally, we would be at the bottom of, of, of the list. Anyway, get an email and say, like, yep, yeah, come in on the Thursday, um, you know, come come say hello anyway. Thursday comes, snow day, absolutely lashed it down with snow. And I... Basically, I was like, well, I've got to go in, you know, first day, I've got to go in, got to show my face. So I've driven in, somehow managed to get to school. It's absolutely, it was the most snow I've seen probably ever in England. It was ridiculous. <laughs> got to school and uh, the SLT, you know, the assistant head that was that was welcoming us were basically like, I'm really sorry, but you you obviously missed the email. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? And she was like, well, I've said like you, you guys don't need to be in. So I was like, oh, all right. So I was like, all right, okay. She was like, don't worry, come in, have a cup of tea. So I was like, oh, okay, well that's nice. You know, at least I get to meet her, have a chat. With her. Anyway, makes me a cup of tea, sits down. About a minute later, another staff member comes in. Trees falling down in the in the uh, in the playground, <laughs> smashed to get smashed into the school. Uh, trees falling down in the playground. She's like, I'm really sorry, I have to rush off. So I was like, walked back home. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I felt so sorry for her. Like, what a day. And I was just like, this couldn't have been a worse introduction <laughs> for me into my new placement. And I was just like, great. Like, it's causing what could go wrong now? <laughs> yeah, it was literally just like, yeah. So that's just kind of an example of what, I guess the different the differences of this year compared to a normal PGC year would be. <laughs> Mine's obviously an extreme example, but, you know, it's, uh, it, it, you know, in terms of connected, making them connections to start with, it is it has been like that. You know, adaptable is the word that we've had to be, and I think all student teachers at the moment are being, and teachers and SLT are being adaptable, and I think that's just a testament to the profession overall. And I think on that as well, I mean, I think credit has to go to you as well for like being adaptable in, in that situation for the pandemic, taking off your uh, online coaching, but also as well, like proving to the world and people that teachers actually do have a work ethic and that they are resilient. I mean, the hours that you're putting in the gym is is still a bit mad. But um, yeah, compared to the other slackers, I think it, it gives teachers a good name, Martin. So I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> Keep smashing them 60-hour weeks when you get back in it. <laughs> oh, no way. Done, done now completely online now. Oh, Never, going it, Never going back. That's it. Well, Only I've going seen back to train yourself. 
the studio <laughs> setup is looking decent to be fair in the background if you so you know i don't blame you <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it leads right nice, quite nicely, really, because we've talked about there's obviously the training side to the online coaching, and you know you can say about training at home and things like that. But there is an important side which I think is good to address for teachers, particularly, and that is obviously like the nutrition side of things, and um, alongside the exercise. Now, you mentioned about teachers not drinking enough water early as an example of of the stresses that teachers particularly have in their profession. Um, how important is nutrition to not just losing weight, but also, you know, feeling better physically and mentally? Oh, it's, do you know what is huge? And kind of one which always makes me laugh. And it's a fact which everyone, everyone knows and what everyone should know. And it's so obvious, but you have to tell people, people who eat fruit and veg live longer. Like yeah. those people are, oh, do I need to? And they focus on calories. And yes, being in a calorie deficit is important. Yes, like being a healthy weight is important. But if you're doing it where you're just trying to get all the nice things you like to eat in and you're leaving your fruit and veg to one side, you aren't going to live as long. Like it's just a natural fact. You're not going to be as healthy. You're not going to be as energetic. You're not going to feel as good. And you're not going to feel kind of, well, you, you're just got, not going to be living up to your potential. I need to let my five a day big time. (laughs) (laughs) I need to let my five a day massively. (laughs) To be fair, I think think my life expectancy has massively decreased over this lockdown period, Matty, so I won't worry about it. I've gone for a bat. That's only because you misses down, that's why. That's what happens when you get a bird. (laughs) 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 You've got to start start having, like, nice teas together then, whereas, like, when you're on your own, just focusing on on yourself, you can just... Smash ah, chicken nah, and rice she, like you normally do. Nah, she, <laughs> to be fair, I'm not going to have her for that. She's good, to be fair to her. Just giving her a shout on the potty, that was all. <laughs> <laughs> well, but there's, there's little things like another question I got asked once. Every now and again, I do like a free seven-day group. And I always, like, every night in it, I'd go on and do questions and just answer and just try and get as many misconceptions gone as possible for like this whole week. And one of the questions I got, and when you think about it, like, mainly focus on teachers, like 90% of the people who are in there are teachers. And someone asked the question, why do I need to drink water? And I was just like, what do you, like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> you'll die. Like, it's, it, <laughs> yeah. there's no other thing. If you don't drink it for a couple of days, you'll die. <laughs> but why? I, I don't know. It's just natural. Like, that's what you need to live. Like, we don't need to go into the science of it. You just need to drink water. You know, and it's these simple things that just get overlooked, you know, that we need to eat fruit and veg, that we need to like move a little bit more, that we need to drink water, that we need to focus on kind of just having that whole balanced lifestyle. Like I always talk about training and going to the gym. January is a big one. We've just had January and obviously this January has been a little bit different because all the gyms are shut. But generally you'll have like new year, new me and people will go, okay. I am going to go to the gym every single day. I'm going to go seven days a week and I'm going to smash it. And do you know what? To be fair, some of them do. They go seven days a week for the first week. They exhaust themselves. They kill themselves. Monday comes around and they go, oh, I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it. And because they've told themselves they'll do seven days a week, they haven't done the Monday. They get in the habit of going, oh, what's the point in going with it? I've, I've spoiled the week already. And then they never go back after that first week. So they've done seven. The whole work, whole year, they've done seven workouts. If they were to be a bit more realistic, managing the time, think, do you know what? I'm quite busy. Seven times sounds better than two, definitely. Seven sounds better than two. But if you go two times a week and you enjoy it and you keep going for the entire year, that's 52 weeks. That's 104 times. Seven versus 104, you know, it's it's a no-brainer which one's going to have more effect on you. And it is finding that little balance, that little kind of understanding and just helping to make sure that people hit their goals, which is the main part. There's nothing magical that I do compared to anyone else. It's just we just keep things simple and we just plan it around people. Because if you are swamped at work, the last thing you need is someone going, you need to train five times this week. In terms of the nutrition right. side, just before Sam goes on to the next question, have you got any 
just like basic tips that people could use in terms of like just day, just like making a small change into their daily sort of routine at school? Big ones for me, I think school can be quite a, at times, stressful situation. So you might have a lesson that doesn't go to plan or you might just have like everyone has a couple of children in class who are always bubbling and just one day they just explode and you're, you might have that in it's training or you might have kind of a conversation with a parent or a member of staff or a member of management that doesn't go quite well. And it kind of sends you into a little bit of a spiral. Now, a lot of people in those situations might want to eat their feelings. And it's about thinking about little roadblocks you can put in place to stop those habits. So nutrition, everyone knows the main ones to kind of eat most of the time, healthy meals and stuff like that. But teachers are terrible for having like a snack drawer or like a biscuit tin or something like that. If they get rid of that snack drawer, just don't have it in the classroom. Then when they have those bad days, they're going to have an extra kind of thing to get to like some sugary sweets. So they're not going to be as likely to binge. So if you've got a snack drawer, my big one would be get rid of your snack drawer. Because all you're going to do is when you're stressed, you're going to binge. The other kind of big nutrition tip I have is stick to one ingredient foods for most of your food. So you can still eat whatever you want, but if you, I find if you stick to one ingredient foods for most of your food, you feel fuller and more satisfied of what you're eating. And one ingredient foods are dead simple. It's just like you can pick it up and you can say what's in it. So potato, steak, chicken, broccoli, onion. Like if you're just cooking with those things and you're not going to like, ready meals and kind of the frozen foods and things like that, you're going to find that your diet's going to be a lot bigger. The volume's going to be bigger. You're still going to be able to enjoy your food. It's still going to be tasty, but you're going to be more satisfied. So am I all right having a cheese and cucumber sandwich at lunch still? Is that all right? <laughs> Easy, yeah. As long as Perfect. it's trapped, as long as you know what you're having. Yeah. Multi-grain bread. Multi-grain bread. Yeah. I do love it in butter. Honestly, <laughs> as, long as, you, as long as you know about the calories you're meant to eat, you can have whatever you want. I think what's, what's quite interesting about this episode is that obviously you're not lying about your teaching experience. You have been a primary school teacher and it's apparent um, about your, through your knowledge of teachers <laughs> and the expectations that are set on them and just the realism with how you uh, adapt their plans around actually their reality of their jobs and you've spoken there about like the little things about nutrition and we've spoken earlier on in the episode about uh, mental health and this isn't just with teachers this is people in general as well and you'll have days where like you like you were saying about going seven times a week and you get to that following Monday and you're like oh can't be asked going what would you say to people about if you're having one of those days how do you overcome that day to stay on track with Firstly, your nutrition, but also to keep up to, to go to the gym or get your steps in or do your exercise for that day. I am all about with stuff like that to keep yourself on track, having those little wins. So like to me, I'm a big one in focusing on a few things, focus on your steps, focusing on your nutrition, focusing on your training, focusing on your water, making sure. Now, out of all them, the easiest one is your water. So if you're having one of those days where you're like, do you know what? I really can't be bothered doing anything. I'm in a bit of a slump. Focus on drinking your water because it gives you instant gratification. Like you feel, I don't know, when you go to the toilet and you have a little wee and it's see-through and you kind of stand there and you think, I am so hydrated. Like it gives you a little boost. It gives you a little boost, honestly. And you will be, you're up here a little bit like, do you know what? I've smashed that. Like you've got the instant <laughs> thing you just know because you just look down, you can see that it's not yellow and you think, okay. So then all of a sudden, so you get up in the morning, drink kind of, I, I'm always dying at first when I get up in the morning, I down like two pints of water. And then with breakfast, I have a pint of water. So I've had like almost one and a half liters, about around one and a half liters before I've even like started anything else. So the first time I go to the toilet, like it's, it's completely hydrated. I'm standing there thinking, you know what? I'm really hydrated here. Look down at my watch and go, oh, do you know what? I've done a thousand steps. Oh, I'll easily get that other nine because you're already in that good, positive mood. Mm. Because you've noticed that, that you've, you've already got your thousand steps in then, 
you you're aiming at oh, I wonder where I can get this. You're at like six or seven by lunchtime. You haven't really tried. You're thinking, oh, okay, I've got that. And then you start thinking, do you know what? I'm doing so well today. I am going to go to the gym. And it just all snowballs. You get those little wins. And it can all come from little things. Like if you're even really struggling to get your water in, stupid as it sounds, one big one to do is start making you, like make sure your bed is made the minute you get out of bed. And oh, it's just, I have to do that. I've got to do it. Do you know oh, what though? But when right. you start thinking about it as a task that you can tick off, it's like you get out of bed, you make your bed, and in your mind, you've ticked off that first task. And because you've done that task, you're like, oh, do you know what? I'll do this one, and then I'll do this one. It was like a big one during the first lockdown. I made sure when I got out of bed every morning, like I still got a shower, I still got dressed, because it was just almost like setting myself up in that routine, that habit to keep getting those wins. I found yeah. if I went downstairs, I just went downstairs, thought, oh, what's Terry for it? Half an hour before I start, that was it. There you go. Yeah. Shower's a big one for me. If, like, yeah. get up, have a shower. Like, even at the weekends now, because obviously we're at school Monday to Friday. So you're up, you get showered naturally, and then you, you get ready for school. So when it gets to a weekend, Miss is losing her head because I'm getting up at eight o'clock every, every Saturday <laughs> morning, Sunday morning. Um, and like straight away, I'm just like, right, shower, <laughs> straight in the shower, <laughs> out, fully dressed by half eight, like in the kitchen, washing up by like quarter to nine. You just like, like, you know, your day's already started then. You feel like, you straight away feel like, oh, I can attack the day now. What's, you know, what's next? Whereas yeah. if I, if I didn't get, get showered, that's me not doing anything. <laughs> my, my, my big one, I think, is um, meal prep for my lunches and my dinner. And if I yeah. do, do like bulk, bulk cooking and stuff, or bulk batch cooking, I, I just find like my day just clicks into place so easily. And it's just because my meals are just ready and I'm not spending half an hour to an hour prepping my food and cooking it's just there all you do is it. bulk <laughs> always bulking season for, for sam that's what it is <laughs> it weren't in the summer mate <sighs> lean lean season in the summer wasn't it I'm far from that in the moment mate i can tell you that for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing like a bit of winter fat mate trust me i know i'm there i'm with you <laughs> i know but we're approaching uh we, we've passed january now so there's no excuses to be honest with you i know, I know you need, to get, you need to get pumping some iron somehow or, or doing something. But this is why we've, we've got you on, Martin, because it's, it's almost like a free tutorial. Uh, you know, like a free, I feel like I'm getting a free PT coaching lesson now, which is, which is great. That's what we this want been, our, this has our been listeners a, to get. This has been a podcast episode, Martin's PT episode, and also a, a business meeting as well. We'll put the business yeah. notes out <laughs> after. We've had, we've had a, many we can take off. Yeah. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, another good thing for if you're doing your steps is obviously chat the teacher tomorrow, Poddy on. That's always, that's always a good one to get your steps in. Hey. Nice, little hour, nice little hour long episode. Do you know what I always say that? Like podcasts, audiobooks, and calling someone. You know, when you're on the phone to someone, time just flies, doesn't it? So yeah. when you think you went out for an hour long walk, but if you're on the phone chatting to someone, it's bang, it's all there. Like you get it all <laughs> I was done. like me and Sam. Me and Sam back in the day were like that, just on the phone all the time. Then we end up setting this up. No, we don't talk to each other. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, we've had that's, enough. You know like, what? That's Christ, actually true. To him again. Yeah, yeah, that is actually true, to be fair. When he rings me, I'm like, oh, what does? He, what can he possibly want? Yeah. <laughs> we've, got, we've got two recordings this week. There's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned, obviously, a bit of audiobooks and podcasts there. Have you got any recommendations in terms of books that you you kind of listen to for inspiration or any podcast episodes that you kind of used for to help spur you on in your training or just, you know, take the step to, to what you're doing now? I think, do you know what? I think the biggest game changer one I read was Atomic Habits. I don't know whether, I think whether you've read that one or you've heard of it. It's I've so heard of it. Good. I've got no idea what it is. <laughs> it, it's all about like little things that you can do. And it's all about, kind of the habits that people talk about. So like everyone says, don't do 21 days to make a habit, 90 days to make it stick. And he's just like, that's nonsense. Habits yeah. are yeah. just you rewarding yourself for doing something that you enjoy, which gives you a nice feeling. So what you have to do is if you're doing the habit that you don't want to do, you have to put stumbling blocks in the way. So like we were talking about the snack drawer, getting rid of the snack drawer is putting a stumbling block in the way of you having that binge. Or if you want to do something, it's about setting that reward up with it so that you can go more with it. And it's it's game-changing, Atomic Habits. And I think for teachers, 
it's a really good one to listen to because it's almost almost <laughs> helps you understand um, the children sometimes as well. So you can see kind of their habits and you can see how their reward systems and things like that can work a little bit better and you can get them to kind of work how you want them to. I'll probably check that out to be fair because it does sound like it's linked really well with kind of what you've been speaking about the whole episode. And um, so we actually chucked out on Instagram with, uh, earlier, you know, if people got questions and someone's put in a really good question, which we've, which we've chucked out. It's from uh, someone called Brummy Vegan. And she just followed he, me actually. She followed me. Today. Yeah, there you go. See, well, there you go. That's what we do. That's a new client. New client. And, uh, you know, she just chucked in and said, how to get into exercise when you don't necessarily enjoy it. And I think that was a good one, good question to ask because I asked you that on the phone call the other day that we had. Yeah. So I felt like if, I'm, if I've said it, someone else has said it, I feel like other people might be in the same situation. I think the big thing, I know it sounds stupid, is finding something that you enjoy, just trying different things, seeing whether you like it or not. So like, don't get me wrong, I've got nothing against him, I've got nothing against his training and everything like that. But like Joe Wicks, and his hit training, like, is my worst nightmare. Like, I could not, I could not do it. I would not enjoy it. I'd be there the entire time, thinking, "When is this going to end? <laughs> I am bored. I don't want to do this because I like to challenge myself in a different way. Like, I don't like the idea of seeing how many jumping jacks I can do in thirty seconds." Because halfway through, I've stopped counting and I don't know how many I've done. And I'm just thinking I'm bored now. Where what I like to do is resistance training because it's always focusing, right, I've got this weight. I want to get 12 reps. I want to do it, be able to do it 12 times. Can I? And you focus on it. You have a little break. You think about it. You do it again. And you keep going that way. So that's what I really like to do. And it is all about finding the exercise that you really like because if you really like it, it's not going to be a chore to do it. And then because it's not going to be a chore to do it, you're going to do it more, which means you are going to enjoy it and you are going to get more from it. That'd be my big one. And it's, it's almost like trial and error, trying different things out and doing them. I like resistance training with weights because it challenges you. You always are trying to beat something. And it also gives you that bit of resilience because you're not always going to beat it. And it gives you that understanding that, going to failure is actually winning. And you, you you said that to me the other day, and it's something that I've been thinking about since, um, you know, moving forward, but, you know, with my my training situation, it's something that I think that I'll need to be trying because, um, I, like I said to you, there's certain training that I absolutely just despise. I can't do it. I can't. Dude, the, thought, don't do it. The, thought of, the thought of doing some exercises is just like, nah, not for me. So I think it is about, and one of the things I said to you is about just finding that enjoyment. And you've, you've said that there, which I think is really important for, for people that want to get back into the fitness or actually start their fitness journey. So uh, yeah, no, thanks for answering that. And I'm sure that that's going to help a lot of people, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've got anything to add Sam um, onto, onto the episode, but for me, you know, it's, uh, we've covered so much, like you say, we've, we've covered a, a range of, we've we've spoken about you know health mentally physically we've spoken about the well-being side the work-life balance we've spoken about teaching itself spoken about actual fitness journey and i think it's it's had everything that i was hoping that this episode would have and you know for our listeners i think they're going to benefit um hugely from from the advice you've given teaching wise and physically and mentally um, you know fitness wise so like I say, for, for people that listen to this episode and want to jump on after, do follow Martin on at PT Malone on Instagram. Uh, he's obviously on it because he's just seen another follower pop up. So he, he's very active. Um, but, you know, and like I say, his DMs are always open. So do get in touch with him. But for me personally, you know, thanks for, for coming on today and, and talking to us about the teaching side and the, the sort of fitness side and how the two kind of marry up together. I think it's been really, really beneficial for me and I think for the listeners. So yeah, thanks, mate. I know I've enjoyed it. It's been good. Just to add on what, what Matt was saying, I think I think the real stand-up point about about you is your actual understanding and realism about what teaching is about. And anyone who's not following Martin, who follows us and you are interested in making a change or different to yourself, then 
this is the go-to personal trainer because he's been there, he's done it. He's not he's not going to set you unre- unrealistic goals or targets. He's going to be re- real with you and work around the, your timetable because because he, he's done done it and, he, and and he's been there. And I think it's quite refreshing to hear the things that you say are just real and they're not so far fetched. You're not making promises and whatnot. You're like, no, it's based on each individual person and it's taking like the little steps in order to achieve that. And I think. And I hope a lot of our listeners will, will benefit from this this podcast episode because, yeah, I mean, I have as well. I've we have. Yeah, definitely <laughs> yeah, learned exactly. a few things. Yeah. But yeah. That, hopefully hopefully you've enjoyed coming on, Martin. No, I've, I've loved it. And, and do you know what? I think you've hit it on the nail on the head there where you're talking about those little steps because I think it's the same as... I see it the same as when I used to teach the children in the classroom. Like, you wouldn't expect to just throw something out to them and be like, now you can do that perfectly. It's about yeah. that trial, that error and them slowly building up to where they get from like where they're in year one to year six, like yeah. that big jump. You give a year one child a year six SATS paper, they're going to fail. Yeah, top man, Martin, like I say, do get in touch um, with Martin at PT Malone after this episode. And uh, by all means, do keep getting in touch and keep tuning into our, our poddy apps at, at the Teachers of Tomorrow and at TFT Pod. Um, from us, it's good, Mike. Good evening. And you go enjoy a beer, go enjoy a glass of water, go enjoy some fruit and veg, whatever it takes you fancy. And uh, yeah, cheers for tuning in. Thanks, thanks, guys. Cheers, guys. Thank you. To get in touch with us following the latest podcast episode, head over to at the Teachers of Tomorrow on Instagram or over on Twitter via at TFT Pod.